not even worth it to come up for a witty intro for this week's edition of the Owls AmeriCast, Chef of Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, so I did not. Uh, the relative wit of any or all of the last 152 of them may vary. But we're here for 153. Maybe it'll be better this week. Well, Wednesday got back to basics with two draws and matches they should have won, one of which they conceded two goals late, the other of which they only showed up for 15 minutes. This is very familiar. So I have decided to return to familiar ground as well. Uh, I put one teaspoon of sugar, a healthy slug of Angostura bitters, and a lot of redemption rye into a glass, added a nice cube, a big one, stirred it around. Okay, I did add a few drops of herb saint because you got to gussy it up a little bit. I made myself an old fashioned. So we'll have an old fashioned discussion about an old fashioned set of Wednesday games. Always in fashion though, in New Jersey is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. How are you doing? Uh, I haven't got the old fashioned this week after I was quite drunk after the last uh, session we had. Um, I have uh, got a torque wrench, which is a nice light 8.2% uh, double IPA from industrial arts. Um, and I'm going to stick with just the one tonight, I think. I've had uh, the Guinness Nitro coffee beforehand, and I've got this one now. So. Also on the line, everyone else wanted no part of these two games. So we had, we had to reach deep into the archives. We had to blaze a trail out west. Sarkeskidio, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? <laughs> It has not been that long. I've sure. been on this season, haven't I? All right. Whatever. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I'm having beer. I'm having uh, a Vienna lager from uh, Freem, which is uh, out in Hood River. And it's a very good uh, it's a pint of, um, what do we got? A, a pint of um, aromas of toasted bread and toffee with notes of caramel and nuts. It's fabulous. Are like you telling me during fall, uh, the man that brings cider onto every podcast is not having apple cider, you're having a beer. Yes, I am. Taking the cider, <laughs> taking the cider off tonight. Thank you. The most contrarian uh, drink. I try. So the agenda. We will review the Wimbledon and Cambridge games. We'll cover the Wednesday news. We'll preview another glamour tie with Lincoln City. But we will start with the match reviews. We'll start with Wimbledon. We'll start with our thumbs up because some nice things here patty you have creativity and formation um genuinely i thought this was our best performance of the season i agree um, actually and it's bizarre to say that right uh for the duration of good play we had i think we had probably about, about 60 to 70 minutes uh, of uh consistent play uh which we haven't had throughout the entire season uh and i'm going to attribute some of that to i like the three-five-two formation. I think uh, Jack Hunt has thrived the past two games in this formation. I think Barry Bannon has thrived the past two games as well. Um, and I think what helped um, me appreciate this formation more, we felt a little bit more direct. Now, how much of that is down to formation? How much, of, in fact, might be down to maybe Fizayo uh, Delibashu, who seems to be a bit more direct in his game. I also think that Bannon is um, speeding his play up. He's, he seems to be more direct too. Um, and I think having Jack Hunt as an outlet on the right-hand side so far of the field rather than defending is also helping us be a little bit more um, direct. Uh, 
I think we could have had four or five goals against Wimbledon um, on Saturday, uh, if not for some excellent saves and some not so excellent finishes. Um, so yeah, I'm. I know everyone was pissed off, and it's a gutting way to lose to, to draw a football match. Um, but I came out of that game thinking we're going to be fine again, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to pause it there because obviously we'll go into the, the Tuesday's game. But after Saturday, I was fine. I'm like, sure, we lost. Mike, Mike along but... those lines, you also want to single out Hunt and Bannon specifically. Yeah, um, I think all of our ups and downs, I was mentioning to Patty earlier, I think they all have to do with our lack of consistency with the lineups. But I think I think what we saw out of Hunt and Bannon. Mike, you muted yourself somehow. <laughs> that was me. Good job, Patty. <laughs> Patty muted me. So anyway, and that's and that's how we did it. <laughs> anyway, um, no, Hunt and Bannon were solid. Um, it's funny because a few weeks ago I was asking um, on the WhatsApp group when was the last time Wednesday scored two goals in the first half, or at least two goals early. Hmm. And I'd forgotten for some reason I forgot about Cardiff five mil last spring, but I was thinking about the Luton game, um, which we also I think that we were up two nil early um and that again i think the first hour of this game um very much reminded me of the luton game last year where we were up and feeling really good and then it came all too familiar what comes after that but um yeah again i I, there was a lot to like about this game other than the result which unfortunately is what we care about my thumbs up and thumbs down are actually the same this week. So we'll just go to the thumbs down and I'll do mine last. Uh, Patty, you have defending crosses. Wasn't great. Seems like a reasonable choice. Mm. And they seem to have, uh, that's their only strategy Wimbledon was just pepper our defense with crosses. And I don't think we defended any of them very well. Um, and that's, that was all they did. And thankfully for us, they didn't really do a great deal with it until the last um goal that they scored, which is obviously a deep cost to the back post, uh, which found Jaden Brown wanting a little bit. But um, it's a, it's something I've noticed throughout the season. Uh, we've only really got Dunkley that can head the ball um, uh, when we've got, even though the, I, I like the formation, what it gives us as far as going forward, uh, it certainly doesn't seem to give us the cover at the back that we would have hoped. And I'm going to say something maybe controversial here. I can't remember Dominic Ayar for winning a lot of headers. He had a legitimately bad game against Wimbledon. I, yeah, he's very good on the ground, Ayar, but for his size, he doesn't win enough uh, mm-hmm. in the air. And it seems to be down, and Palmer's not very good at winning stuff in the air either. So, although we have got three centre-halves, it's only really one of them that can head the ball and win a header. And that showed uh, as time and time see again. see Gregory making more defensive headers than uh, <laughs> yeah. just about anyone else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's everywhere, Gregory. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone's called him out, but that was obviously, I think, one of his better games, best games for yeah. us. Um, but yeah, that was my, my thumbs down. We need to get better at defending crosses. And on that note, Mike, your thumbs down is Jaden Brown looked out of place. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm seldom one to pick on a single player, but because it's not his total fault. But yeah, um, I, he just looked like uh, there. I mean, there were a couple of shocking um, picks where he just looked like he was facing the wrong way and didn't see people behind him. Uh, lost the ball. Should have uh, and Wimbledon could have easily converted on, on one for sure if they didn't on the other. Uh, I'm not totally sure. But yeah, um, 
and again, uh, just who knows if, if that's where he plays week in and week out, if it's a different result. Crying out for just, Marvin Johnson at left back. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the hardest thing about this team is you're watching and you, you hear a name like Marvin Johnson. I'm like, who the heck is Marvin Johnson? I mean, I should know these. <laughs> you just, you can't keep been listening to the show recently. <laughs> I'd like to say, so I think we've got a massive problem at fullback. So I want yep. to say, say, say fullback rather than wingback, because mm-hmm. I think both Jaden Brown and Jack Hunt are very good going forward, but neither of them can defend very well. Uh, Marvin Johnson can't defend well. Pam is the only real fullback we've got that can defend. Yeah, I mean, who uh, really plays defensively? And I know obviously Palmer's been playing in the center back three in the last couple of games, but like who plays with defensive minded fullbacks in English football nowadays? True, but I mean, they need to be a bit better than what we've got so far. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a big problem we've got to solve, and I don't think we've got the right answers. And maybe we'll get away with it because it's League One, but uh, that's just <laughs> it's, it's our job to point these foibles out, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my thumbs up is. They did not ruin my weekend, as they so often have. I was watching the game, enjoying it for the most part. As as Patty said, I thought it was one of the better overall performances. I thought they looked more uh, cutting going forward. I thought they created far more chances than they have in recent weeks. And then they conceded two late goals. And I looked up at my computer, and I'm like, hmm, well, that happened. Like, it was sort of the same kind of emotional reaction you'd have from seeing a a car driving down the street with like half its back fender off like oh something bad happened there that's unfortunate but nothing really beyond that it seems like the car can still drive it's still in okay shape uh my thumbs down is they're not capable of ruining my weekend anymore and that's like a problem like i should be more emotionally invested in this dumb soccer team than I am at this point. And it's just, I don't know what it is, but it was kind of like crystallized by the Wimbledon game for me where I just, look, I knew if I didn't know it was going to be dire, like the quality of the matches in general Uh, coming into the season, the first, you know, dozen fixtures or so certainly laid that bare. Like it's not like none of them are even, exciting to watch i described it to someone today as mls but it's better organized so it's not even doesn't even have like the five four games really it's just the quality of play is mls level but the, you don't get the goals basically sorry mike but <laughs> but uh and it's just i don't want to watch it and i don't think they i mean i guess this is my thumbs down too at a certain point Darren Moore has to come into question here because there were, there are moments of individual talent. Like you look at the things that a Dennerin can do, that Fizz can do, that Lee Gregory can do, that Patterson can do, that Iorfa can do. And then obviously that Barry Banning can do. I think if you lined up this squad with any other squad in the league, at no point would Sheffield Wednesday be found wanting. So why aren't they winning these games? Can I tell you my theory? I think I'm at a similar place to you, but maybe for different reasons. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they were in my weekend anymore either. And uh, I don't think it's down to the league they're in. I think it's down to whereabouts we are in the the, the uh, calendar league of the calendar season of the league. So 
I went on social media this week and I'm glad you call that Darren Moore and because everyone else is talking about Darren Moore on social media. Everyone wants him out. Uh, I don't I don't and, know that I want him out per se. I just no, no. You got to start asking questions at this point of like how he's already changed from 4231 or 433 to to like a 352. And I don't know they really have the three center backs to play like that. I mean, they, they're playing a right back at center back to hold on. And Iorfa, I mean, Iorfa is probably more of a center back by trade, but certainly played a lot in, at fullback on better teams than Sheffield Wednesday. So I th- I'm I'm at peace with this at the moment. So yeah. uh, and I was talking to like, the WhatsApp group um, this week. Uh, people are freaking out. More out on social media. More out on social media. Uh, we left two goals to Wimbledon for God's sake. And everyone like everyone keeps throwing these football team names at Wimbledon, Cambridge, Markham, blah blah blah. I don't really care because at the end of the day, we're still a team in transition. We're still a team with 14 new players trying to figure out how to play in this league, which is a very different style of play to the last league we were in. I'm not panicking as long as we're still in reach of the playoffs. The problem, the people that are most upset, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, demean their feelings. I feel like the people, are, observation, people that are most upset, the ones that think we're still a championship football club and should be pushing for the Premier League. Those are the ones upset. They need to get a reality check. We're a League One football team with 14 new players trying to get promoted to the championship. If, if you start thinking like that, then you're going to have better weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, that's reality at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if come February, we're not anywhere near the playoffs, then you can get angry and say, oh, more should be sacked. But right now, we've got to get this time, this time this, to gel this team. Uh, and I think that you can certainly point at Darren Moore for changing the squad so much and maybe not getting the consistency that's needed to form that coherence. You can note that he cha- he did play the same midfield for these two games, but changed the midfield again for the Wimbledon game. Yeah, and when you've got performances like Lewis Wings throwing in every now and again, you kind of think, well, why would you stick to him? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like if you stuck with the same formation and same people every week, people will go, why are you, why are you persisting with Marvin Johnson? Why are you persisting with Lewis Wing at uh, centre midfield? Why are you persisting with Berahino at front? It's damned if he does, damned if he don't. Yeah. And that's the uh, that's the game you play as a manager, I suppose. But uh, I just feel like people need to read out, we need to be to check. You can't just keep chopping and changing. You've got to give them more time to get this team embedded into this league. And, and again, I think both. I was just going to say, I think both both these matches had a lot of close calls. We are, you know, we are three games unbeaten. Um, <laughs> they were all very ugly, but nonetheless, we're, we're, we're on an unbeaten streak. And I, again, I, I agree dry, with you uh, draw, draw your away fixtures, win your home fixtures. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, win those beautiful, beautiful games like we did against uh, I mean, Wigan, I guess it was. So, yeah. Bolton. Nah, they, Bolton. They're close. They're all the Bolton, same. Sorry. They're all the same. It's yeah. fine. We move on to the Cambridge game. Cambridge. More of the same. Uh, a little bit, a little bit different feel for this one. You know, midweek game, fairly long trip. Not the best performance in the world, but we will. Uh, we'll talk about some noteworthy ones. Patty, you want to signal out, single out Jack Hunt again? Yeah, and it, I'm, it's kind of. I'm glad that um, it's kind of brought up in both games. I do feel like Jack Hunt. I mean, yesterday, this is yesterday's game, Cambridge. 
was probably the worst performance of the season mm-hmm. uh, in my eyes. Um, and Jack Hunt was, and I'll say Ballet Ballon too, um, were probably the only consistent people uh, in the full 90 minutes that, that looked like they were trying to make a difference. Uh, the rest of the team just didn't have that effort. They didn't seem up for it. Um, so, yeah, I've called Jack, Jack Hunt. He put some good crossing, he made some good runs, tried to make things happen. Um, uh, but the rest of the team were like six yards behind the pace compared to him. But also at the pace, I always showing plenty of pace is Mike's thumbs up, which is uh, Tosayo Dele Bashiro. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's awesome to see him. He scored the goal. Good goal. Yeah. He almost, he scored he the almost goal. had two. He scored the goal, but you know, he also had a couple of uh, nice shots uh, in the previous match against Wimbledon. So I thought that was good too. So it's, it's nice to see him there. And it was not an easy finish. That's a tough angle. No, it was, um, you know, and to keep it low like that is um, probably smart, you know, considering, well, we can talk about the weather at that other game we saw yesterday, but that was, um, this was, um, yeah, it, it was good. But it's also just when, when you just see that crowd and then you can just like see that one player who is just in a different gear than everyone else. And it's exciting that it's him right now. So um, I hope, I, yeah, I hope yeah, he's I mean, I'm, I'm, for now. I understand the criticism that his decision-making really isn't there for a box-to-box midfielder yet, but he just offers something like at this level, especially like, yes, you'd like him to pick his passes a little bit quicker. Sometimes, you know, you would have liked him to finish that chance against Wimbledon to put them free and clear, right. but he just, and I think he hasn't consistently been in the squad the last two years at this point. I think if you give him more squad time to get use of this level, I think he's going to be a real force in the midfield. Yeah. It was by far his best. Speed out there. It's great. Yeah, it's by far his best game for us. I, I've been a bit critical of him recently. I've called him a one-trick pony um, because he just seems to get the ball and run a bit, and then he kind of loses it. But yeah, You're the one that noted we are in League One, Patty. Yeah, no, but he actually did a lot better this this game against Cambridge, and he, he passed the ball better. He linked up. He did a few one uh, one touch passes, uh, and obviously the finish for his goal was was very good. Um, I'd I'd keep him in the side. Um, I'd keep him inside over Wing currently too, because I think Wing had a terrible game uh, against Cambridge. Uh, a number of times I wrote my notes that he just gave the ball away. He obviously missed that um, chance in the thirty fourth minute uh, when he cleaned through after a really good dummy from Gregory. Um, but he just kept overhitting passes or miscontrolling or spending too much time on the ball. Uh, so for me, FTB gets the nod at the moment. Uh, the other problem is he's quite similar to Dennis at the new round. So if he's fit, um, I'm not sure how you fit both of them in the squad. Yeah, I mean, they can just play at an error, not on the wing, which is something that they like to do. So, And on the note of that goal, and actually several Wednesday goals recently, it wasn't playing out from the back tiki-taka like Barcelona it was kick it long and let the five strikers that hold the ball up well or flick it on well play it on and that's what happened it ended up at Fizz's feet and look they don't always have to play like that they can mix in playing from the back if you know but if you show yourself a, a threat over the top that actually opens you up to play from the back more too if you want to but their insistence on kicking it about and putting themselves in, and again, as we've noted on show in recent weeks, not really having the players to consistently get it out from the back quickly enough. They need a, they need to find a, a plan B, and that's a very good plan B when you have Patterson and Gregory and, and Berahino and 
you know, Fizz running on to second balls from the midfield and uh, Denneran can do that as well when he's in that spot. And yeah, got them, uh, got them an equalizer for that KG 1-1 draw on a windy Tuesday night in Cambridge, as we all expected. Uh, it could have been better though, Patty, except for the lack of effort. Yeah, where was the urgency that we saw against uh, Wimbledon? I, I just, like Cambridge, I want to take my hat to Cambridge because they did a very good job on us. They were very good with the high press. Um, they never let us rest. And it just looked like we weren't expecting that. Um, whereas if we, I think if we played like we did against Wimbledon, we'd be more up uh, and matching their levels of energy, whereas I don't think that really happened at all. And that first 11 minutes, we could have been three down in that first 11 minutes because we just weren't awake. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what... I, I, maybe I could attribute some change of tactics and, and the subs that inject us with that level of energy after we score that goal, obviously. We had basically 10 minutes of good play in that entire 90 minutes. Uh, and we looked like we could score two or three in that 10 minutes. But I don't know why we didn't turn up at the beginning of the match like that. Yeah, more or less. Um, it's just we've seen this game before on the road against weird championship teams where they just don't really show up except after they go down one nothing and then they turn a shift for 15 minutes. And sometimes they get an equalizer and sometimes they concede after that. They did this time, so I guess that's a plus. Um, my here thumbs down is the worst half in a while. I assume you're afraid to the first half, which yeah. is very bad. Yeah, same, yeah, same same points Patty is making is that that first half was was dreadful and um, I, I haven't seen them play just that shallow and that empty forever. So um, again, don't want don't want to call out. I think we've picked on wing enough tonight, so um, we can move on. Yeah, I'm going to move to my thumbs down, which is I actually don't like the three five two, and I don't think it's even necessarily the. I think it's a perfectly viable tactical setup, just not with the three center backs they have. Like if Hutch was healthy, then maybe. And my question is, so Palmer, Dunkley, and Iorfa have been the three cho- the choice three center backs for them formation. Uh, who's the fourth center back? I guess it's Lewis Gibson. I think that's they really don't have enough center back center back depth to play three at the back. I suppose play it while we've got the numbers, I suppose. So as soon as one gets injured, we have to go back to 4-4-2 again. <laughs> yeah, I just, it doesn't, like, again, this might be a, like a results-oriented analysis because they drew two games they probably should have won. But I don't, again, it's just still a team that, and it's just to Patty's point, they're still trying to sort of get settled. But it feels like, it feels like 12 games in with this squad, they should know their best 11 and what formation and tactics to play them. And, you know, with some obvious flexibility based on opponent or squad rotation or whatever, but it doesn't feel like they're there. And I feel like they should be further along. I think that's fair. I think, I think you're um, verbalizing frustration much better than a lot of people on social media right now. That I'm a pretty even killed um, guy, Patty, as we know. That's <laughs> why, why we love you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but the the frustration can't be um, 
we're not there yet and we should be a bit further on uh let's sack the manager that's not that, that's not the that's not the option as you know you're not suggesting anyway but that's what most people on social media suggest. i mean patty i did check you picked two and a half managers for the season so it'd actually be good for you in the uh preseason <laughs> pool. I, I hope i'm wrong with that one <laughs> All right, let's take a break because I need another drink to keep my keel as even as possible. We come back with the Wednesday news and the Lincoln City preview. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Definitely not being recorded 15 hours after the first half of the show because we're recording mix up for the second time. All of our enthusiasm about what is to follow is entirely genuine and not a put on. And there's reason to be enthusiastic, Patty, because we have another four goal game from a Wednesday youth player. Oh, the joys of technology. Um, yes, we do indeed. Crady Adadoyan uh, scored uh, four goals against Peterborough this week in a 5-0 thrashing by under-23s which uh, appears to be um, uh, a little bit of an uptick in form for Lee Bullen, uh, who's had a terrible start to the season as uh, the coach there. Uh, obviously, the, uh, on the backs of an under-18s uh, 6-5 comeback a couple of weeks ago, we covered the Kadamatri scored uh, four goals. Uh, it's uh, more um, more promising, and maybe uh, Adedoyan's a little bit closer to the first team than, uh, than uh, Kadamatri is, so maybe we'll see him in a substitute appearance, or maybe even in the... Uh, Pizza, pizza cup, cup. Yep. yeah, pizza cup, or perhaps Patty, we will see him in the FA Cup because the round one draw has happened, and oh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's Plymouth Argyle at home. Yeah, and the the breaking news is, uh, which one of the benefits of uh, recording this the day after we started yeah. recording it is, it's now been chosen for TV. Um, I believe I, I predicted think- that last night because they are two <laughs> League One. They're the, in the highest round or the highest uh, level of this round. So just like you get Southampton against Watford on TV in the FA Cup, because they're both Premier League teams in round three, you get Wednesday against Plymouth Argyle on TV for round one. Lucky, lucky. And also point out in social media, in the social media world, these two teams have the highest, um, the most viral clips of goals from this year. (laughs) One being uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell and the other one being the waterlogged pitch at Plymouth. So there we go. Oh, we were, yeah, we're trending. We're the trending yeah. clubs. Uh, not so trendy is the fact that Plymouth Argyle has to get to Sheffield from Plymouth uh, now for 12.15 p.m. on a Sunday, <laughs> which would probably mean setting up about three o'clock in the morning from Plymouth. Um, and not so great for us either in uh, America. Uh, Mike in on the West Coast now has a 4 a.m. kickoff or 4.15, and we are now in the East Coast, 7.15 kickoff. Uh, due to the early kickoff on a Sunday, um, I feel like so, maybe yeah. we can uh, we can take a pass at seeing that game again. <laughs> yeah. we, we won't hold it against you if you decide to sleep in. More Wednesday youth team news. Uh, after a sterling performance with the England under 18s on the international break, Jack Hall has signed a professional contract with Sheffield Wednesday. We're actually signing our possibly attractive to other teams. Youth players, Patty. Yeah, only for them to be probably go for free in two years' time when the contract ends. But at least it's the start. I mean, it was literally the day after he had his congratulations uh, debut. to Jack Hall on his 2025 move to Celtic. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's good, obviously, to tie him down straight after his uh, debut for England. He had a clean sheet in 45 minutes, so clearly, uh, big things are thought of about him. And 
some news we don't have to fake any enthusiasm for. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I say that, like, I don't want to gloat over a man losing his job, although I'm sure he will be well compensated for the remainder of his uh, contractual term. But yes, uh, two years after Patty predicted that Steve Bruce would be out by Halloween, he is in fact out by Halloween at Newcastle United. That's got the year wrong, damn it. <laughs> and it's a shame we didn't do the uh, prediction this year, this year's predictions, but uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, uh, that's so many good quotes on this. Um, yes, I will uh, again post. pull up the quote that uh, I read last night. It was a fantastic and bizarre um, yeah. parting words yeah. from Steve Bruce. This is uh, Steve Bruce to uh, Luke Edwards at the Telegraph after being sacked by Newcastle. I think it might be my last job. It has been very, very tough to never really be wanted, to feel that people wanted me to fail and saying that I would fail, that I was useless, a fat waste of space, a tactically <laughs> inept cabbage head. It doesn't get any less funnier, to be fair. Don't look at the Instagram comments, Steve. That's the easiest way to avoid that stuff. That was just from uh, his management staff. Mm. Um, the no. fat waste of space that is i don't think that, uh... I, I still can i still contend that had he been fired let's say ashley went out right after they fired hired him two years ago i and he would have been fired at halloween he would have been back at wednesday by boxing day i'll i'll stick with that this point though it's too much too far too much his record at wednesday wasn't as good i saw someone tweeted out his like win percentages by club i thought he did better at Wednesday than he did. It was only a 39% win percentage. I guess coming off Yas, anything it, would look uh, that's an improvement. Was it what eight? It's like eight, eight and three or something, or and I don't exactly know his exact record. Something but. like that. Yeah. I, mean, I think there were only three losses, one of them being at Stanford Bridge. So that's hmm. so be it. Wednesday will not be heading to Stanford Bridge this weekend. They will instead. Be welcoming Lincoln City, not quite as glamorous, Patty. However, you're very excited about this preview, still probably. Very excited, and uh, I couldn't tell you how happy I'm to do this twice uh, now, but uh, here we go again. <laughs> the Lincoln City preview, uh, we're playing them at 10 o'clock on uh, Saturday Eastern Time. Um, they were founded in 1884, and uh, this is uh, where my uh, preview went a little bit off uh, the regular schedule. Uh, I went down a bit of a path on their nickname, which is the Imps. And if you've seen uh, the Lincoln City badge, uh, it's a quite a, a kind of uh, weird looking, uh, like medieval goblin type thing. Uh, and actually the Imp comes from a 14th century legend. Uh, and it's a grotesque. Which, not a gargoyle. Not a gargoyle. It's a type of uh, uh, stone uh Gargoyle-esque um, <laughs> not a gargoyle. statue, but not a gargoyle. It's a specific um, grotesque, it's called. And it's on a wall inside Lincoln Cathedral, and it's become the symbol of the city of Lincoln. And a legend tells of it being a creature sent to the cathedral by Satan, only to be turned into stone by an angel. Now, there is more. There's more to this story. This is the background. After causing mayhem in Northern England, the two imps headed to the Lincoln Cathedral where they smashed tables and chairs and tripped up the bishop. Seems a little bit uh, bizarre. Uh, but then an angel the came bishop out of the book of an hymns. excuse after he'd been dipping into the communion wine a little too much. <laughs> yeah. An imp tripped me up. 
but then it gets a little bit more bizarre because um, if this is the bishop telling the story, maybe I had too much wine. An angel came out of the book of hymns and told them to stop. And one of the imps was brave and started throwing rocks at the angel. But the other imp cowered under the broken tables and chairs. So the angel turned to the first imp and switched into stone. Hence the grotesque on the wall inside Lincoln City. However, they, she, the angel could not capture the second imp and it escaped. And it said, cue spooky music, that even on still days it is always windy around the cathedral, which is the second imp circling the building looking for his friend. Oh, wow. Now, there's variations of this so, story. So, like, 442, how do they play, Patty? <laughs> we'll get to that, Jeff. That's boring. I've got more imp stories for you. There's many variations on this imp story. Um, according to one legend, the imp which escaped fled to Grimsby. I mean, why not? It's a lovely seaside dirt area, where it soon began making more trouble. It entered the St. James Church. Interesting how it always goes to churches, these things, and began repeating its behaviour from Lincoln Cathedral. Uh, now... The angel this time had a bit of a different tactic to the first time. Uh, it reappeared and gave the imp's backside a good thrashing <laughs> before turning it to stone. So this one got an extra punishment for running away the first time. Um, the Grimsby imp can still be seen in St. James's Church clinging into its sore bottom. So if you're on a tour of uh, the north of England, take a trip to Grimsby and Lincoln to see these uh, stone grotesques uh, in the form of imps. So that is the nickname of him. A very seasonal, uh, spooky story uh, for this uh, preview. I, I do have some football facts. Do you want some football facts? I'm still going to argue. I'm still going to argue that Patty got punked by someone on Wikipedia right before <laughs> the. Uh, just been editing it in the past. <laughs> let's, let's take Patty down a story, shall we? Uh, okay, so back to football. The in most recent memory, a bit further up from the imps. Um, the Cowley brothers, uh, maybe the 21st century imps, are the catalyst to this current Purple Street Lincoln City find themselves in. They took them out of non-league in 2016 and led them to two promotions, an EFL trophy and remarkably an FA Cup quarterfinal. They were the first non-league side to do so in 103 years. Uh, the Cowleys left in 2019 to ruin Huddersfield, a noble quest. Uh, they were replaced by the current manager, Michael Appleton, who guided them to the playoff final last year after a fifth place finish. They lost out to Blackpool 2-1 in that final last year. Um, and now they're languishing in 15th place. They've been very inconsistent so far this season. They lost to Wimbledon on Tuesday. Uh, they've lost two, won two, and drawn one of the last five. Looking through their staff, uh, a guy called Anthony Scully is the danger man with seven goals and three assists. He can play on either wing. Uh, they haven't really found a Mulder. So that's God, you made the joke again. I didn't know it was <laughs> It was better this time. Uh, I improved it last better time. I somehow wasn't expecting it, even though he did it last night. Too. <laughs> I improved it last night. <laughs> and I'm keeping it in the, at the script. Uh, they haven't found the Mulder to his scully because they haven't found a centre forward that can score a goal yet this year, um, which would explain why they keep switching out of the position. One of the options they have up front is Chris Maguire, uh, who finds himself at his 10th club in 10 years. Uh, they've played him, I think, six times for. Uh, starts two on the sub uh, and uh, he hasn't really done much so far this year he did play the last game so maybe we'll see him against us um, on Saturday he never really played I can't remember him ever actually playing as an out and out striker for Wednesday although he probably did at some point yeah he has played on the left twice for Lincoln this season so far um, but mainly as that centre forward role were you um, particularly interested in Chris McGuire starting 
at the weekend, Patty. I do. And you know what? I, I remember now why it's, like, it's a miracle that someone's told me in the previous lifestyle that I, <laughs> that I may have made a prediction in the preseason predictions. Yes, we had the uh, X Wednesday player to score a back breaking winner against Sheffield Wednesday. And you selected Chris McGuire, who was not at Lincoln City at the time he made that prediction, I don't believe. All right. So, at Oxford. That is, now that's scary. I would, obviously, Chris McGuire to score and us to win 5 1, I'm fine with. But if Chris McGuire scores uh, first, then the chances of coming back from a one nil down seems very well. Unlikely. We are uh, <laughs> we are at home, and as we know, they have not come back from a losing position on the road to win since 2016 against Birmingham. I thought it was in total that that start. Is it just away? I thought it was just on. I thought it was just away, but maybe it's. I think that might be. I'm going to check that. I think it might be in total. I think it's that bad. Anyway, uh, back to Lincoln City. They play four three three pretty consistently. Um, Tends to the, the the side of the field they tend to play down depends on which side Scully is playing at. He's mainly on the left hand side, can play on the right too. Uh, non aggressive short passes. It could be an open game. Not very good at defending set pieces uh, or winning headers. Does that sound familiar? Um, it could be. They do sound very familiar to us actually. They're very inconsistent. Um, not really found uh, much joy uh, up front, um, but not not shipping goals left right center either really. So. I'm expecting maybe one to two goals can settle this game this week. Patty, do we have any other business? We do not, Jeff. We've got no, no meetups. I think Nola might be meeting up. You've been listening to episode 153 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesdays from into the makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls America ask, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, since everyone has done research about Lincoln City, not related to the actual football team, do you want to tell the story of the other soccer imps? Uh, quickly, I would say that do not confuse the Lincoln City Imps with the Lincoln Red Imps who play in Gibraltar. They are a UEFA club. They are traditionally in the qualifying rounds of the Champions League. And they, in fact, uh, defeated Celtic in Brendan Rodgers' first match for Celtic when he was coaching a couple of years ago in a game that was dubbed the Shock of Gibraltar. You're welcome. Patty is, is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, do you have any other imp facts before we mercifully end this show? I do have a fact about Lincoln Red Imps, which I think is good. <laughs> they, they hold Europe's longest chronological unbeaten league run of 88 matches over almost 2,000 days, from May 2009 to September 2014. That's my last imp fact of the week. Well, I'm sure we will have more imp facts. Maybe Lincoln City, maybe the Lincoln Red Imps, who knows, next week. <laughs>